Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I'm excited for you to hear from Jared Hunt on the latest episode of our podcast. Coach Hunt's currently the athletic director at Academy ISD in Little River, Texas. He's married and they have two young daughters. Just an incredible man of character, loves the Lord, just has such an encouragement um, when you hear his story. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Jared. Uh, thanks for having me. You bet. Um, I always like to start these off with some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, your family growing up, and a little bit about your family today. Um, my family grew up here in Academy, where I coach now. Um, and uh, we moved off to Rockdale. And so I, I went to school in Rockdale, which is about 45 minutes away from here, uh, from kindergarten to my sophomore year. And then uh, we moved back here to Academy, where I finished my junior and senior year and graduated from, then went on to A&M, uh, graduated from A&M, went into coaching, kind of always knew I wanted to coach, so, uh, you know, I, I jumped right into it, I coached at a small school called Bruce Villetti for three years, um, jumped right in as a defensive coordinator, which was crazy, uh, right out of college, uh, but it was good, I worked for a really good guy named Chris Lancaster there, um, then I went on, I wanted to move up. Um, I've always wanted to, uh, you know, I always said I wanted to be at the college level some way, somehow. Um, but I didn't know how to get there cause I didn't play college football. You know, I didn't, I didn't do the DA route. I didn't do that. So I just knew the only thing I knew how to do was work. So I went to, went to Oak Ridge down in the woodlands, worked there for four years with Derek Rush. Loved every second of it down there. Uh, knew, knew I needed to expand my wings a little bit and I didn't want to just sit in one spot. And I didn't want to move all the time. So I didn't want to do that, but I knew I needed to do something. So I went to work um, with a friend of mine. Um, he was my offensive coordinator. I was the receivers coach. He was the OC, Will Compton. I uh, worked with him at Oak Ridge, and then he went and took the head job at Rudder. Uh, he was there for a year, and then he reached out, and I went and joined him as a defense coordinator uh, for a year. And we were there, um, enjoyed working with that group of guys, uh, we hired on a guy named Ryan Montavo, um, which ended up being one of my best friends uh, to this day. Um, and then there, Sean Bell called me, a good friend of mine. From uh, He was at China Spring growing up, so we kind of knew each other. He was a little bit older than me, a year or two, and followed him, followed, it, followed his career. Well, he took the job at Cedar Ridge and said, hey, do you want to come with me? And it was kind of – Quick, a quick turnaround. I didn't want to spend a year in one spot. Um, there was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. And so I went with him to Cedar Ridge, was there for a year, and then he got the Baylor job. <laughs> and so, Baylor job. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, Sam Robinson, the defense coordinator, got the Cedar Ridge job. And so love Sam, was excited to work for him. Um, and then my phone rang one night. It was about – 45, 10 o'clock, and uh, Chad Morse is is on the phone, and um, a friend of mine, a guy that I grew close with, because I was always the recruiting coordinator everywhere I've been, and so I was there with, um, I dealt with the same guy at SMU, which was uh, Justin Stepp, the receivers coach, and I built a really good relationship with him, and he kind of knew I wanted to be in the recruiting or do something like that. Well, they had a recruiting operations coordinator position come open. They said, would you be interested? And, you know, it's one of those things. This is, this is, you know, if I say no, do I get another shot? Mm-hmm. And so I jumped right into it, uh, joined, joined the staff there. And it was probably one of the best things I've ever done um, because of the people that I surrounded myself with. I got to SMU and, and the step family took us in. The Morris family took us in. The Stegall family, Steve Stegall was a player development Coach Ross, uh, football operations, just and many, many more, um, just some solid, solid people that that took us under our wing and, and taught us the college level. Um, and then we were there for a little bit, and then he got the Arkansas job, and we moved out to Arkansas with him. Uh, joined him out there, and we were there for um, for about eight months. Um, but the, the the back story to all this is. Um, I took the job in December to go to Arkansas. We flew down there to go to in December. Um, get down there December 7th. I worked until early signing day, 20th. 
came back for, for Christmas, spent a good Christmas back here at home in the academy with my in-laws and my wife and family and girls. And then uh, uh, went back to work. And in January, uh, my sister-in-law passed away unexpectedly uh, in her sleep. And my family mm. was still back here when it all happened. And, uh, you know, then February came, they, they moved up there. We tried to make it work. We pushed and, and did, but there was just something that was just tugging at us. And, um, and ultimately it was family. Uh, we were eight hours away from the closest family member. And so, uh, an opportunity came about where I could come back home, hometown to be the offense coordinator. My wife could be second grade teacher where she grew up as well and jumped at it and, AD spot opened up this last year and I applied for it and, and thank, thank God I got it because uh, mm. it's been great ever since. And so uh, it's, it's been a roller coaster um, the last couple of years, last few years, but you know, my wife, Kristen is, uh, you know, coach Moore, she's always say it. There's a special place in heaven for coach wives. Um, and, and I truly believe my wife is up there with, with the best of them. Uh, she's moved around, never complained, uh, supported me in every decision I made um, and, and all that. And so when all this happened and, and us needing to be close to family, you know, some people ask, how did I give up working in the SEC to, co- to come back home? And uh, it was easy. Uh, you know, it's, it's it was for my girls. And so. Uh, we got a little girl. Um, we got a six-year-old girl, Hadley, and a two-and-a-half-year-old, Hannah. Uh, two do- totally different personalities, uh, but, man, some great kids. And, you know, you, you look at Hannah at two-and-a-half years old. She was born when we were um, we were in Round Rock. And so two-and-a-half years old, she's lived in Round Rock. She's lived in Dallas. She's lived in Arkansas. And now she's <laughs> in the academy. So um, wow. we've moved her around, but uh, – Man, you, you wouldn't think, you know, you wouldn't think anything different when you see these kids and, and the way they respond to different things. And so um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I know it kind of spread out kind of around there, but we can dive deep into some of these here shortly. Oh, that's good. So any pressure coming back home now that you're the athletic director at your alma mater? The pressure for me is – uh, every decision, I'm, every decision you make as a head coach, athletic director, whatever you are, um, you got to make the right decision for kids. And, mm. and so when you're making right, when you're making your decisions based on the kids and all kids, and, and making sure because we we said the same thing that that Clemson has said, that Chad that Chad said at, at SMU in Arkansas, and we have it here as our program too. Is is best as a standard, and you know everybody's best is different. And so me as the athletic director, I've got to make sure that, that my kids and coaches, they, they get the best. They get the best for me. They get the best from anybody. Uh, and, and best is different. I mean, in all cases, uh, it's not this bar that you set that's way up in, in a certain spot. It's, it's, it fluctuates with, with every scenario, every situation. And so the pressure for me, you ask for pressure, it is pressure because I, uh, I love this place even more so, I think, than other people that take jobs because you've invested here. Uh, you know, I was on a state championship here uh, as a player in basketball. And so you, you walk in my office is in the gym. I walk down and there's there's a picture of our team. And, you know, it's there's some special things that go on here. But it goes beyond that. I mean, my mom and dad wore green and gold. My uh, My grandmother graduated from here. You know, my mother-in-law graduated from here. It's my my grandfather was a superintendent here from seventy to to seventy nine, and so there there's some there's some legacy here that you know the pressure is. I don't I don't want to screw up. I, I don't. Yeah. I want it to be great. I want I, I want our kids and everything to be the best, and and so it's there is pressure. Like, do you say there's pressure? I say no because I'm. I mean, I guess working at working at the higher level. I mean, those guys are under pressure. Uh, those guys are under deep pressure every day, you know, for their jobs and stuff like that. And and not saying I'm not, but it's you know, I just want what's best for for academy. And so every decision I make means I think a whole lot more in certain situations because you know I don't want to screw it up. I don't. I want this place to be amazing. 
And so, and it is, and, you know, and so I just got to push it to another level. You talked about um, the number of places your two and a half year old daughters live. So, you know, what was the greatest challenge going from Round Rock to Dallas, the Arkansas, now back home, not just family, but even career going from high school to college to back down to high school? Um, I think the biggest challenge, obviously, um, is is just finding that stable, that consistency for everybody. Um, you know, our, our week-to-week schedule is different. Our, our, everything's different. You're – um, you know, I grew up a Methodist and so my wife grew up Church of Christ. And so when we started dating in high school and sophomore year, I started going to church more with her. Well, Northside Church of Christ, our home in Temple, um, you know, our first three years married, we're still going to Northside Church of Christ because we're still in where Bruce Valletti was kind of, it's right out here in Temple. So we were able to still have the same church family and things like that. Then you move and it's, you got to find another church family. You got to find another church. And when you're doing it so quickly, it's hard. It really is. And so, um, we've struggled, honestly. I mean, we struggled with, with finding the right one, finding the right fits. And, um, and so there are some Sundays we, we didn't go there were some. And so we kind of grew away from it a little bit. And so, the best for us was when we moved back home, you know, it's, it's there. It's, you know, it was, it, it created a stability for our family to, to be back with normal, to be back with, you know, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are on a schedule. And so they live next door to us. I mean, we live right next door to our in-laws. And so it's, the struggle was finding a consistency at every place we've been, but the mm-hmm. best thing is where we landed was we we landed amongst consistency if that makes any sense and so it kind of brought us into it and helped our girls get on a schedule and things like that because you know in our 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 work schedule I mean Tuesday night there's volleyball games Monday night there's junior high volleyball games there's Thursday night games there's Friday games there's Saturday cross country and I try to be at those as much as possible as the athletic director but you know there's to have those you know Wednesday nights scheduled with the family Monday afternoon, sometimes scheduled with the family, the Saturdays and the Sundays and make sure that we stay consistent. Um, so that was a struggle for us is, is finding a consistency and finding, you know, the right group to be around because, you know, you can tell a lot about a person, about the five people there you hang around. Mm. So every time we are moving, we're trying to find a new five people, you know, who, who are we hanging out with? Who are we, and so the moving for our two-year-old and our six-year-old, I think more so on our six-year-old was the hardest because she's the one that's in daycare. She's the one that was in uh, school or something. And so uh, consistency, I guess. I keep going back to that word, but that's just yeah, absolutely. Trying to keep, trying to on a schedule. You talk. You mentioned you know getting connected to a church family. So um, obviously faith. Faith is a part of who you are and your identity. So what role does your faith play in your career? Um, you know, it's a, to me as an athletic director, and I talked about this and some decisions that I've had to make lately, you know, our superintendent, Billy Harlan, he's a new superintendent. So I was hired and then he was hired a few months later. So we're kind of in a, in a limbo here and we hit, we struck gold with him, to be honest with you. He's, he's an amazing guy. And I was talking to him the other day, and he talked to our staff, and he talked to them about when a kid can't read, what do we do? We teach them. If they don't know how to do math, what do we do? We teach them. But when a kid acts up, what does everybody want to do? They want to punish hmm. instead of teach. And so in my job, you know, faith has helped me in my decisions and things that I come across on a daily basis is, you know, you got to show grace in a lot of situations and you got to, you got to sit back and you got to really think about, you know, not everybody has the same background, not everybody has the same, you know, path. And so what might be for this kid is different for this kid. And that's why I like the best is the standard because everybody's situation is, is different. And, and so you got to attack everything. You can be consistent. Don't get me wrong. And punishment, 
and some things like that and, and keep holding kids accountable. But, you know, faith is held in my mind is, is grace is, is showing grace and showing compassion and showing, showing that, you know, not everything's, you know, not everything's perfect. And, and so, um, but yeah, that's, uh, grace is a big word for me right now uh, in my role. Uh, I didn't know it would be, to be honest with you, a few months ago, I wouldn't have said that. And I would have said, you know, these are my rules. This is what we're doing. And then now that I'm sitting in the chair and you see these certain situations, you're like, you know, sit back and think, you know, what's best for the kid, what's best for this and what's best, you know, for the situation, but still being consistent. And so, um, you know, being a Christian helps because I'm patient. Um, mm. I, I'm not quick to answer. Uh, I absorb. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, I wasn't the best student in the classroom. Uh, I, my mom was going in 30 different directions. Um, but where I think I learned how to do something, listening and, and absorbing and diving into and, and thinking outside the box, I think growing up, it was going to church on Sunday and listening to a sermon. And and even now that uh, up to, to this point is you hear someone talking, how does this affect me in my life? And, and so I've taken a lot of that. So when I sit here and I listen to a parent or I listen to a kid or a someone with an issue, I absorb it. I think about it. I process it. I, I, I take those things. And so, you know, I, I see my learning from going to church and, and listening to those things and just the patient side of things and, and mm-hmm. you know, taking every situation and, and applying it to my life and applying it to, to what's happening right now. And so that's a different spin, I think, that a lot of people probably answer that question on. Um, you know, I'm not going to I'm not a guy that can sit here and spit out 30 different Bible verses to you of, of what it can be. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a learning Christian. I, I am. I, I learn every time uh, I reach out to a buddy of mine, Terrence Price, you've had on here before mm-hmm. uh, about certain situations. And, and I'll text him and say, Hey, I've got this going on, you know, sh- shoot me something, man. I need something to read. I need something to, to mm-hmm. dive into. So, um, but what I have learned about being a Christian is, is, the patient side of things and showing grace and showing things like that. And, and again, I, I can't tell you a Bible verse that fits that. I can't, I, I'm just, I'm not wired that way. Um, but, but you give it to me, I'll read it. I'll dive in, I'll dissect it and I'll, I'll move on with it. But, um, you know, God, God has blessed me with three girls around, you know, that, that I care so much about those three girls that I don't, I don't want to make decisions. I make decisions based on, I put them in the scenario. So when something crosses my desk, you know, what's best for Hadley Hunt? What's best for Hannah? You know, what's best for, what's best for, if they were in this situation, what would be the best thing for them? And so, uh, and that's every scenario. And so um, being a Christian has just helped me process things, sit back and just, you know, show grace in certain situations because there's a lot of times that, you know, and, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, we're all guilty of it is, you know, a situation happens and we're wanting to just, you know, drop the hammer and this and, you know, and some people, you know, you're a Christian, man, what, you know, show grace in some situations and you can still be consistent. You can still be strict. You can still be firm. You can still be a hard nosed coach. And, and, and I know you, you've asked this question. I can still be a hard enough coach to not say one cuss word. Uh, I, I can still get onto a kid and, and, and push them to a limit without, be, you know, without down talking them without. And so, and I think that's my Christian background because I don't, you know, I grew up around a lot of people that didn't talk down on people that, that showed grace, that showed, I saw examples of that. And so it's not just what I've learned in, in certain you know, readings or something like that. It's, I've seen it done. And so that, uh, to, to answer a long, long, long way, you know, that's, that's my answer to that is, you know, 
being a Christian, just being patient, showing grace. That's good stuff. I mean, I think we all can learn to every day to have more patience and show more grace. And, and I'm glad you hit on that. Um, not just the profanity, but, you know, demanding excellence and correcting versus degrading because there has been over the last couple of months, a lot in the media about, um, it, you know, it, it went all over social media a couple of months ago. I think when the newest episode of uh, last chance you came on, someone's quote is saying, well, all coaches do it. These just got caught on camera. And then Tony Junji replied that that's not true. You know, you can yeah. be a successful coach without degrading people. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that, you know, as a parent, I watch a lot, um, both yeah. the coaches that my kids play for and even other coaches around is, is that I think it's okay, especially as a Christian, I think we should want to win. You know, some people think, oh, I'm a Christian, then i got to be soft. No, I mean, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do as a Christian is to achieve excellence and try to win everything. You know, we want to be the best, but you can do it without uh, tearing people down. You know, one of the things that I've always said is, um, you know, you have two ways of kids playing for you, in my opinion. You have a kid that's playing out of fear because of how you treat them, or you have a kid that's playing because they care about you and they care about your success as well. So I've always taken it as I'm going to love kids. I'm going to treat kids the best way. I'm going to treat them as well as, as if I was coaching my own kid. Um, you know, I've never cussed a kid. I, I, I've never done those things. And, and I tell the kids all the time, you know, we don't use profanity in our program. And I tell them, you can cuss when you hear me cuss. And, mm. and that helps. But usually they don't hear me cuss. I mean, and so you get more out of kids when they care about you is what I tell the coaches. And so I don't want kids to play out of fear of fear of being yelled at or fear. And you're going to get coached hard. And I tell the oh, kids yeah. that we're going to coach you hard, but we're going to love you harder. And so at the end of the day, we're going to get on a kid. It's going to happen, but I always tell them, don't let a kid leave here with a bad taste, put your arm around, tell them you love them, explain the situation, explain it to them. And so, uh, and I've gotten that from, you know, coaching with uh, with Will Compton, coaching with with Derek Rush, coaching with you know the Ryan Matavas, the Sean Bells, the you know even up into the Chad Morris uh, at a Division One level. Uh, you know, I never, me personally, of all the practices I've been to, I never seen him cuss a kid, never seen wow. him directly cuss at a kid, and so. Um, you know, and that was huge for me. I mean, it really mm -hmm. was. When you go to that level, you know, you're warned by different people. You've seen the experiences. I've seen it by taking kids on recruiting trips and things like that. And just seen the way that some coaches coach. And it's like, I do not want my kid there. I don't want my kid playing for something like that. Um, I never got that taste, you know, at SMU working with that staff. And so it was just like, man, all these guys can coach my kid. Heck. And so I was put in good situations. Uh, and so... But you, you don't have to. I, I never have. And, you know, I've, I've worked with people that have been very successful that have said the same thing. They don't have to do it, you know. So. And I love hearing that because so many in, our, in, in today's culture feel like you have to in sports because that's the way they were done yeah. 20, 30 years ago. So it's this false perception of to be successful and to be uh, – the real man coach, I have to, I have to do certain things. And I'm like, you know, it's a, as a believer, I'm like, you know, I think the Bible is clear. I mean, it's nothing wrong with chasing and demanding excellence mm -hmm. and success, but do it the right way. Yes. I mean, it's, it's and that's in everything you do. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, I, I don't see a, I don't see a reason for it. And so yeah, I agree. So me, let me ask you about, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, best is the standard, demanding excellence. And so when I was looking up your athletic website there at Academy, came up with, you know, some core values, core principles. 
that's yep. right there on y'all's website. You know, accountability, energy, work ethic, family, integrity, mental and physical toughness, confidence, belief, and faith. Talk about those and, you know, kind of the, the reason behind those and, you know, how do you get people to buy into that? Well, um, you know, this is, it's, it's called an MVP process. And, and you know, I'm not going to say I created any of this and I did all this. Uh, this is straight from what we used at, Univers- at SMU uh, with, with Coach Morris. And I had never seen it before until I got there. And once I got there and I started seeing it in action and I started, started seeing this and how, how day-to-day he used, you know, these words to build a culture, um, you know, I saw it as an opportunity of, man, this can work at the high school level. This can work at any level. You know, I, I was helping with the I was assistant on the uh, um, high school relations at SMU in Arkansas. So all these high school coaches would come in and believe it or not, a lot of them wanted to see X and O's, but they loved hearing about culture. They loved hearing about mm. how we were and doing some things. And so this right here is an MVP process. It's, you know, our mission statement that says on the MVP process is to prepare kids for success on and off the field for the rest of their lives. That's our mission statement here. That's what we live by. The number one thing on our vision is to graduate. I want every kid that comes to our athletic program to graduate. That's their end goal. Um, you know, for them to get a degree, a high school degree, it's huge. And so from there, we we went we went to these core you know these core principles. And so um, our Mondays our, you know, energy and work ethic Monday. We, we compete in everything we do. We're just trying to teach our kids how to compete, um, bring energy, work ethic, you know, you know, going from whistle to whistle, things like that. Um, you know, and then we have mental and physical toughness Tuesday. Hmm. Um, you know, we're at our best and play and overcome adversity. I like to put that on a Tuesday because Tuesdays is in football season. And it's our big pad day. It's, you know, I know I go out there and watch Coach Williams and them. Um, and, and, you know, Tuesdays is a little more contact. And so mental and physical toughness is huge. Uh, but then you carry that over to all sports. That's usually a game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday volleyball game, a Tuesday basketball game, baseball, softball, whatever. So being mental and physically tough during competition um, then Wednesday for us is family Wednesday. We, we feed our kids on Wednesday after our booster club feeds off it. So all athletics go out there. We've got a bunch of kids eating together and talking together, boys, girls, athletics. And, uh, usually that's our shorter practices, kids going to church and things like that. So we put that as family. Um, Thursday for us is integrity Thursday. Uh, we do what is right at all times. Uh, that's what we're teaching our kids. And so, uh, that goes into our Friday, and I love Friday because it's confident belief and faith. Um, because we tell our kids if they if they do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, if, if they have the energy and work ethic, they have the mental and physical toughness, they got the family, they got integrity, and they go into a game on Friday and they have confidence, belief, and faith that our process, if I do all those things, will bring results. It's going to bring the results that we want. Um, and so that, that's kind of how those are lined up. And then the last one, accountability. And I put that on Saturday and Sunday because, uh, we do what we say we'll do. Uh, just hold yourselves accountable when you're away from school on Saturdays and Sundays. Sometimes Saturdays is film day for football. Well, we're going to hold you accountable for the mistakes you made on Friday night. Um, and so that's why we set those in place. They kind of fit with what we're doing on a daily, day-to-day basis, but it also helps our coaches to know, you know, on Monday after practice, it's easy. Just talk about energy and work ethic. Like, have your two-minute talk at the end of practice or beginning, you know, teach them about a core value every day. Um, and so it's set up as, as that way. Um, our kids like it. Um, you know, it also feeds into our performance pathway. Our performance pathway is kind of a, uh, um, it, you know, I forget. I think it's Brian Kite is who we get it from. Uh, he he spoke to us at SMU one time when I was there, and you know Brian Kite came in and talked about it. And it's coach, uh, it's coach fed, player led is how we want this thing to be ran. And so our coaches are feeding it, you know, but our players need to be leading it and showing it, and 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 you know they need to be 
mental, physical tough. They need to do all those things. And so we're feeding the information. Hopefully the, um, the coach, the kids are taking it and leading because when you're a player led program, you're successful. If it's always from the top, if it's always coach, the coach is leading everything. Um, there's going to be gaps. There's going to be some things that you have to overcome. And because when it's all said and done, X's and O's mean a whole lot. Don't get me wrong. But the kids are on the court doing it. The kids are on the field doing it. And so they've got to be on point with the core values. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to lead it and they've got to take it. So that's our athletic department. I like to put it on the website. Um, mainly for, for a couple of reasons. As an athletic director, I like to look at people's websites to see what other people are doing to get ideas and do things like that. And, um, you know, I, I'd love to see this used from anybody. I don't care if it's our biggest rival using it um, because it helps kids, I think. And so um, putting it out there, it also just helps, you know, parents to look at it and see, because if I'm a parent, I'd like to know what's kind of being taught to my kids. And, you know, I can extend on it at night, you know, at, I can talk to my kids about being, you know, the energy and work ethic and things like that. So um, I just like it to be out there because it's not a secret. Uh, there's no secret in what we're doing. We're, we're just, we're building kids, you know, we're loving kids and going from there. So, so. I love the fact that it's, you know, something every day. I mean, I know most programs, there's a character development aspect to it, but, but really, um, you know, I saw this on your website and then just through watching you from afar, I, I like how there's something to do with these core values every day, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not the same thing every day because then, you know, yeah. kids kind of get deaf to it. So I, I love the fact that it's 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 something Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and even the weekend. I mean, that's, yeah. that's phenomenal. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I could take some these words and come up with a way to, I mean, even in, in family. You know, yeah, with, I mean, you know, with our family, we can, you know, there's something in every aspect of this that we could talk about and on every day of the week. And, um, yeah, I'm, my mind is is running wild on this. And, you know, well, we can Monday, take it out outside of athletics. For Monday to be energy and work ethic. I mean, everybody wakes up, oh, it's Monday morning, another Monday morning. No, wake up with some energy and, and some, some, some mm-hmm. go after it. I mean, Monday is what you make of it. So, I mean – might as well make it good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm sitting here. Um, like I said, my wheels are turning because you could you could take this a, a lot of different ways. So let me ask you um, a little, probably a little bit lighter question. Um, yeah, I know people like like to hear about different athletes. So of all your places you've coached, um, is there an athlete or two just from an athletic standpoint that just really stands out to you? Oh man, I've been fortunate to coach some great, great talent and some great kids, and just the things that you would see on the field. It's just like it's, it's like wow, you know that's that's special. That's that's awesome. You know, um, everywhere I've been, there's there's been some kids here. You know, for me, um, and very close with them still to this day, and I try to be as close as I can to a lot of the athletes. So. But Kwame Etway, who was at Oak Ridge with me, he was our running back. He's um, He went on to walk on at AM and he just finished up this last year, finishing up his degree now. Uh, Jamarcus Durst was there as well at Oak Ridge. Uh, he went to Tarleton and ended up walking on at the University of Texas. He got the, what is it called, the, the Big 12 Champions of Life last year for Texas. Got awarded a scholarship his senior year. Wow. Um, you know, but there, there's so many others that, that I had been a part of. You know, there was a kid named, uh, there's three of them really at, you know, you had Trevor Price at, at Cedar Ridge, you know, Shea Baker, um, who's at Rice now. Trevor Price is at Nevada. Colby Peterson was a, a heck of a talent, the quarterback, Garrett Sharp. I mean, there's just these kids that you watched them and, and you're just like, this is, that's special to watch. And then, you know, of course, my time at SMU, I sat back and I, I just got to observe Cortland Sutton, uh, Trey Quinn, um, even Justin Lawler, who's with the Rams now, defensive end. It's just the way they carry themselves and the way that they, you know, carry themselves on and off the field. And 
is it was just it's I was I've, I've been fortunate I've been around a lot and and I'm missing a lot I mean there's some kids that oh, yeah. play baseball but instead you know Riley McKnight was a good receiver for us at Oak Ridge multi-sport kid ended up playing you know at Sam for uh playing baseball just finished up so there there's been a lot that I've been very fortunate to coach and so it's uh those are ones that kind of just stick out in my mind that's awesome. So let me ask you this. So you talked through not just the core values every day of the week, but you also mentioned, you know, the, the schedule. There's something almost every every night and every day. How do you balance those demands with uh, being a husband and a dad? Um, that is that that's something as as a first year AD that that maybe I struggle with a little bit because I'm trying to be at every single thing I possibly can. Um, the greatest thing that I have is, you know, is, is my wife, Kristen, um, because she, she'll tell me as it is too. I mean, she'll, she'll say, Hey, you, you know, you've been doing it. You need to, you need to do that. You need to, you, you've been gone this because I, I'm, I'm, I'm real big on schedule. I'm real big on trying to show it and trying to – because the best thing I can do as an athletic director is to be present. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they don't see me at practices, they don't see me at games, they don't see me, then issues arise. But if I'm present and I'm there, you know, not as much stuff comes across my, my desk because people saw me there. People saw me witness whatever – may have happened or may not have happened. Um, Where I struggle with that is sometimes I struggle with being present here and not being present at home. Right. Because I'm so consumed with trying to make sure this. And so, but like I said, my my wife, Kristen, does a good job of saying, hey, you know, you're going to be gone Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday and Wednesday. I need you home at four, four thirty to get the girls and and have them and um you know and I jump at that. I do. I'm I love to spend that time with them. But um, you know, that that is a, that's a constant struggle as a coach. That's a constant struggle as an athletic director or or anybody that schedules kind of, you know, out of the outside eight to five job. And so the balance that comes with that is just communication with, you know, with my wife and making sure we're on the same page of certain things. And, um, you know, the girls like to come to stuff too. So, I mean, that helps. Uh, it helps that I'm not a coach. I'm just an athletic director. So they get to stand there with me, you know, most of the time or sit there with me. And so I try to be home. And when I try to go home, I try to be home. I try to put my phone down. I try to, I try to do those things. And that's, that, that is a struggle in today's society is, as a recruiting guy, we always told everybody, you got to get into the palm of a kid's hand. That's how we got to the palm of a kid's hand was through a cell phone. Well, that causes us to be on our cell phone a lot. And so when I was at, when I was at SMU in Arkansas, you know, I had this phone and I had a work phone. I had two phones that I had to carry around all the time. And when I went home, I was, I was still working. And so coming to this job, I've, I've taken a step back a little bit and I don't take my, like, People don't have my number as much and they don't, they'll email me, they'll call. And I, you know, I've, I even got to do a better job of it too, is when I go home, like, you know, I'm home, like put this thing away. Let's, let's play, let's do. And, but again, that's, that's a constant struggle in everybody's life. And do I do the best at it? No. Right. I, I can always do better. And so, but, but like I said, it's the th- it's important and what I would tell any young coach that's listening that's married or anything is have good communication with your wife to where you know I want her to tell me as it is I don't get mad when she says hey get off your phone I don't get defensive I, you know what I need I need to put it down help each other out in those situations because you know you know I don't want my kids walking around acting like a two-year-old acting like she's on the phone all the time because that's what she sees Right. And And I've seen her do that and it breaks my heart. And I'm like, Hey, she's getting that from me, you know? And so um, it's a struggle, but you know, I also know how important it is for me to be present at things. And so 
I'll continue to be present at, at our sporting events for our coaches, for our players in the community to know that, you know, you know, when our kids are competing, I'm here, um, uh, you know, um, because my job, one of our core values is accountability. You know, I got to hold players and coaches and people accountable for what's going on or the, you know, and I can't do that if I'm not present. And so I can't do it based on hearsay. I can't do it. I need to do it, see it with my own eyes, observe it with my mm-hmm. own eyes. So it's a, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it is. I think that's a struggle for, for a lot of people, both coaches and, you know, even folks, no matter what career is that whole, when you're home, be home. Yep. Because the cell phone is, um, is so convenient, but it's, it's, it's a struggle. I struggle with it a lot, you know? So let me ask you about the, the role of sports and culture, um, not to get into politics, but culture is still very divided, whether it's race, socioeconomics, politics, religion, but sports is one of the few things that brings people together. So how have you seen, whether it's, you know, coaching high school or at college or even as an athletic director, seen sports tear down those walls? Um, one of my favorite sayings uh, as a football guy and just having the football background uh, is I always take it to one thing. And I say it all the time and I say it to our kids. No one cares about your background, beliefs, or any of those things when it's fourth and one. When it's fourth and one and it's it, you're counting on your brother, you're counting on the person next to you. You don't care about their background, their race or anything and that's a brother that's we got to do this together to get fourth and one and so I've always taken it back to that because uh to me that's why culture building is number one as a program guy um you know I can sit here and send our coaches to every clinic I can sit them down and and talk ball with them and have every nose and all that but if if culture building is not our number one in in this whole thing then you know, tough times are going to, you know, they're going to be tougher. I mean, mm-hmm. that fourth and one would be they're like fourth and seven, you know. And and so I've always – I've heard that before, and I can't quote who that was. So if you're listening, thanks for the quote. But uh, but no one cares about your background or anything or, or what you are when it's fourth and one. Uh, we're in this together. And so that's always kind of been my thing going back to it is, you know – you know, I know people's beliefs are different than mine. I know people's uh, upbringing was different than mine. I, I know all those things. And, you know, that's why it's important when I go back to the very beginning is, is show grace, show passion, show um, and be patient in the, in the moment and just, you know, what's best for us, what's best for what I'm doing right now. And if it's a team, you know, uh, I don't care. I don't, you know, I'm one that, I was I was fortunate enough to be raised um, by some really solid parents that taught me a lot of uh, a lot of the grace and things that I have nowadays is because they, I mean they just they cared about people and I saw that on a daily basis they you know they they helped other people they you know you know how one of the things that that we talk about is you know how can we give and serve and how, how can we do those things and so. Uh, you know, I, I I go back to that one, man. That's I, I, no, good. I, I like that. I, I I care about you as a person. I, you know, your beliefs are going to be different than mine. Uh, I'm not sure I've heard of that exact quote. I like that. I wrote that down. That no one cares about your background when it's fourth and one. Because you could apply that to any aspect of life, not just football. That um, you know, when you're working together with people, we have a common goal. It doesn't matter. Um, who you are, what you look like, how much money you have, you know, it's just about loving people. Well, I mean, you, you've got a job to do. You, you have, you have things to do and you're, you're, you know, we sit in those staff meetings at SMU and at Arkansas and we were, when we first got to Arkansas, we're sitting in the staff room with a whole new staff and we're talking about what we're going to do. The number one thing that coach Moore was talking about is, is building a culture and building things like this and like that. And, you know, it's, 
you know, Jared, go back to the recruiting department and talk to these guys, you know, make sure this is right. And, you know, so I'm working with a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys and girls that we're trying to make sure everything's organized and feed into them. And, you know, when I went back there, I didn't care that this was a student assistant or this was a full-time employee. We got a job to do. Let's do it. So that also goes into, you know, I didn't care what their belief was. I didn't care what their race was. I didn't care any of that. We got a job to do. We're going to sit here and we're going to work on it together. And we're going to, we're going to take it back and it's going to be the best. Best is a standard. We're going to work and make sure that we turn in the best product. And so you can put it in any scenario. Um, You know, when it's, when it comes down to signing day and we got to sign a guy, it's just like the fourth and one. I mean, it's, I don't care. Like we got to get this, we got to work together to get this done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So as you know, a lot of people that listen to this are student athletes and coaches. So I'm going to ask you for some advice or encouragement to them. Um, Athletics is a platform um, to be used for good or for bad. So what would you tell a coach or a student athlete that wants to use that platform to be bold in their faith? Um, I would say, and I got this from Todd Gongler. Um, Todd Gongler wrote Lead for God's Sake. Uh, he spoke to us at SMU. And, I, um, and then when my sister-in-law passed away and we were in Arkansas, me and him were messaging back and forth. And um, his book, I read it at the exact perfect time because what I read it while I was at SMU. And so I didn't know eight, nine months later or however long it was from when I finished the book that my, you know, that my, our world was going to be turned upside down. And um, in that book, it talks about purpose and passion Mm. and making sure purpose your purpose in life is over your passion. Um, because when you're, when you do some reason why, why do you do things? Everybody has that question. Everybody's, you know, and I, I wear a wristband. It's lead for God's sake. And it says, remember your why. Everybody talks about your why, why, why. Well, you know, I was doing something I absolutely loved. I love recruiting. I loved being at the college level. I loved all those things. That was a passion of mine. I, I loved it. But when a tragedy hit, my love for that dropped. My, I, I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I was getting depressed. I don't know if I was just – I couldn't understand what my feelings were in the months after all that happened. I'm working in the SEC West at the University of Arkansas with some great people. And I would go home and I would just – I was feeling like – Something was missing. Well, I reverted back to that book. I reached out to him and we were talking back and forth. And he said one simple, or he said the simple thing. He said, you know, what's leading you, your purpose or your passion? Mm. And so, you know, I sat back and I said, what is my purpose in life? What, what, what do I love to do? What is it? And, you know, I love relationships. I love, I love, and not saying I didn't have those at that, at, at that level, but, what, how was I good at relationships? Well, that was coaching. That was dealing with kids on a daily basis and things like that. And so um, my advice to, to anybody would be is make sure that what you're doing and why you're doing it is, you know, have a reason why you're doing it. Not just do it because you love to do it, because your love's going to I love to play baseball. I played baseball my whole life. I got to be a senior and I'm playing year-round baseball. I lost the love for it. You know, my, my passion for it started going down a little bit. If I had a reason why I was doing it, you know, that's a little different. So um, find out your why. I would tell people, why are you doing what you're doing? Why, why do you get up at 5 a.m. to workouts? Why do you get, why are you doing it? Why? You got to answer that question. And then once you, once you do that and, and you found it, another thing that I would say to, to use your platform Damon West came and spoke to us, and he wrote a book with John Gongwer, uh, Coffee Bean. If you haven't mm-hmm. read it, great. Um, but be a coffee bean now. now. Now that you have a platform, be a coffee bean. And that that is changing your environment to what you want it to change to. Um, it, he, if you haven't read the book, real quick, it's 
you put a carrot in boiling water, what happens? It softens. It gets softened by its environment. You put an egg in it, it hardens. It gets hard. Um, but if you put a coffee bean in boiling water, what happens? Well, it changes the coffee. It changes its environment. And so be a coffee bean and, and change the environment to where you want it to go. Uh, and that's as a player, that's as a coach, that's, that's however, and if, you know, if, if you want to, you want to do those things, you know, number one, if you're a Christian, you need to be an FCA and you need to be an active member in FCA and you need to push FCA. You need to try to be a leader in your school, in the FCA department. And you'd be surprised what that can do to a whole program. Um, and so, um, once you figure out your why, I mean, that, that's what, that's my advice is be a coffee bean now, now spread it now, now, now spread your love and passion and, and your purpose for things to other people, help them find their why, you know, things like that. So that, that's my biggest thing to, to, to say is, you know, don't, don't hang your hat on. I'm doing it cause I love to play football. Well, I, I love to play football too, but why are you doing it? If you ever, if you have a reason why you're doing something, you're going to go even further. A passion, I think, to me, it caps off at some point, and sometimes it starts falling off. But I have a reason why you're doing so. Every day I wake up to come to work to provide for my family. I have a reason why every day I wake up to in a positive attitude and to make sure that Academy ISD is great in athletics. And that's that's because three girls at home that depend on me. So I, there's reasons why you can find your different whys. It don't have to be one thing. It can be multiple. But that, that's my advice. Make sure you have a why. <laughs> that's good. I actually, um, while you were talking about that, I actually just ordered the book, Lead for God's Sake. I've heard several people recommend it. I've never read it. So I literally right. just ordered it as you're right talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, right that's good. Desk, so uh, it's, it's one I refer back to and read and, and do uh if you ever can talk to this guy todd is he's he's amazing man he's for for being a guy that i mean i'll message him and he messages right back and really and, and he'll answer a question and he'll he'll dive deep into it real quick with me and it's 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 really good if you just sit back and you read it take notes you know have your bible close because it'll reference it and so it's it's awesome, man. It's it's good stuff. I feel you'll be able to use a lot of the terminology throughout your daily. That's good stuff. So let me ask you this. So um, some people have a favorite Bible verse or life verse. or So I was going to ask if you had one or is there one that you've come across recently that really spoke to you that you'd share with us? Yeah, Um I needed something uh, when I first started this, you know, and I'm, I'm pressing the uh, culture. I'm pressing these things. And, you know, there's a lot, you want instant satisfaction. That's for everybody. Everybody wants to know, is it working? Is it working? Is it working? Is it working? And so, uh, you know, I, I messaged uh, Terrence Price. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I messaged him. And I, said, I said, T, I need, I need a, I need something to, to read and to dive into that, I want to make sure what I'm doing is right. And he sent me Galatians 6, 9. And so we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. And so that one sticks to me and what I'm doing and, and where I'm at as an athletic director and decisions I make on a daily basis or conversations I have with coaches or players or things like that is, is you know, keep pushing, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, don't give up in what, you know, in what you're trying to pursue and where you're trying to take it, because um, at some point it's going to click. At some point it's going to take off and it's going to go. And, you know, if I'm constantly changing, if I'm in AD and I'm constantly changing these things, then, you know, we're not going to hit that point. You know, I, I can't give up on what we're doing. And I, I needed that. And so, I know Terrence Price is going to listen to this. I know he is. Uh, I listen to his. and uh, But T, I mean, he he hit home with that one for me. And I'm just like, you know, that's that fits me so good right now in, in the position I'm in. And 
And this is something that, you know, if someone's going to ask me this years from now, I'm going to say the same one because um, that right there for me is it's what I need on a daily basis because um, just keep doing good, keep doing good things and, and making sure the, you know, I'm putting kids first in all decisions. Uh, at some point we're going to reap and, and it's going to be great. And so, uh, but that's also off the, you know, off the field or outside of work at home as well as, you know, if I keep doing good at home and doing the right thing and, and making sure the girls are getting what they need and everything and not giving up on them and, and not changing who I am, you know, in this whole process, because, you know, when you're consumed in something, you're working, you're trying to get it going. Um, you know, you put in those hours, you put in those time, you put in, but I don't want to change who I am either. And mm. I can't change. Them. So that also speaks to me and how I interpret that is, you know, I can't give up on them. And I can't, I can't change my why, you know, they're, they are the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing in the first place. So, um, that one right there is perfect for me. That is a good one. I mean, that's a, I, I go to that one um, from time to time as well, just for encouragement. You mentioned Terrence Price a couple of times. I tell you, he, um, after I interviewed him, I get a text from him probably almost every morning with a little verse, a little, you get that little devotional. Too, yeah, yeah, and it's know. just, it. I told him about two months ago, like, man, I wake up and I look forward to that text. Um, yeah. just, it's just nice to hear from somebody else like that. Um, yeah. and you know, and I text him one time, I read them and you know, I'm bad about when I wake up, sometimes I have messages, you know, that's kind of late. And I, and I messaged him one time. I said, Hey, you know, this one spoke to me today. And then sometimes I don't respond. And so to you, if you're listening, I read every single one of them, <laughs> but some of them that, uh, I'll respond to because you're, you're, you're preaching to me, which is crazy. Cause you know, when you go to church, sometimes a sermon, they're like, is he talking to me? That's like, right. How does he know? Uh, how does he know that I'm going through this right now or whatever? And so, uh, I need that. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're on that, e that text message chain too. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just one of those things too, is it, I try to use that as a reminder of how a simple text can, can encourage somebody. Yeah. And so and, and all he I, does is copy and paste and send it to, I don't know how many people end up getting it, but he makes it personal because it's not a group text. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, when, when I do respond or when you do respond, yeah. it, it's personal. Um, exactly. you know, so it's just a reminder to me that, you know, take a little bit of time out of my day and try to encourage somebody. Yeah. There's somebody up in West Virginia doing it, doing it to us. Yeah who probably has a full plate as well, oh, but yet every morning take, take some time. That's good. So last question, um, two words in sports all in. I mean, it's, it's all over Clemson, I think had on chin straps and, you know, it's been on t-shirts and wristbands, but also as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, Jesus, you know, says we have to be all in and, you know, uh, deny ourselves, be selfless. So what does it look like in a practical sense, Jared, on a daily basis to be all in your walk with, with Christ? Well, you know, it's, it goes back to our first conversation, you know, our first question, you know, and, and for, you know, the, the showing the grace and the mm -hmm. humility, the patience and the, you know, showing passion or uh, compassion for people. Um, you know, for me, all in means a lot to me because Coach Morris had that as well, kind of going mm -hmm. through a lot of coming from Clemson, working with Dabo, and and so and we hired a guy when I first got to Arkansas. We got a guy in the recruiting workforce for a little bit from Clemson, and so I got to dive even more into it with him. And even here, like this first year, our motto really we don't say it a whole lot, but we're talking about believe, and so believe in the process. Uh, Next year is is, is going to be buy-in. And I've already told the kids this. Next year's model, we're going to be buy-in. And then year three and beyond, for as long as I'm here, it's going to be all in. Because mm. at that point, we, we believed in the process. We're buying into the process. Now we're all in. And so we're going to have that and and all in and, and lock arms and do it together. They lock arms. 
Coach Morris, you know, they lock arms and they walk from the 50 in, you know, to the goal line and because they're lock arms, like this is, we're all in this together. It's, you know, there's there's a whole lot of crowd that's here yelling and cheering, but it's all of us on this field together, locking arms and going all in. And so for me and, and you know, I, I want to dive into what I'm doing. I love it. I want to love what I do, you know, why I'm doing it. I want to love kids. Uh, I want to love people. Uh, I want I want people to understand that um, when they come talk to me, I'm, you know, you have my sole attention. You you I'm focused on you, uh, and I care about you. And I, I want everybody to understand that. Um, like it goes back to other. I don't care about your background. I don't care about your belief. When you come to me and you need something, or we need to talk about something, I care. I'm all into this conversation right now. Mm. Um, because Moore says it all the time, be where your feet are, be where your feet are. And so, uh, and that's, everybody can say, hey, I'm all in this program, I'm all in on this program on a daily basis, on a minute by minute basis. When I walk in this door and I walk up to my office, I am all in to Academy ISD. Um, every decision I make is going to be for the betterment of, of kids. And so, um, you know, that's, but that's, in all aspects, like you said, our mission statements prepare kids for success on and off the field for the rest of their lives. On and off the field is, is mentioned a lot in what we do, and that's even us as coaches. That's even me as an athletic director. When I go home, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all into what I'm doing at home as well. And so that's where I've got to be better. We talked about that earlier, you know, mm -hmm. putting a phone down and doing those things, is, you know, is it being all in. And, and for me, it's – is diving into it, love what I do, have a reason why I'm doing it, and and love people, show compassion, show show grace, show humility, um, and, and all those aspects. So that, that's all in for me, and we're going to use that here. Uh, I'm telling you right now, year three, we're saying all in around here, and because by that point we should all have it, uh, we should all understand it, we should all, and it takes time, I mean, it takes growth. I mean, building a culture is not an overnight thing. And so um, there's going to be things between now and then that I'm going to learn from other ADs and other head coaches. Um, and so when I go to clinics, I like to look at X's and O's and those kind of things. But I also like to sit down and talk, hey, what are you doing culture-wise? What, mm. what, what are you teaching these guys? And, and taking notes and trying to bring them back. And again, we're all into this program, bring it all in and, and bring it all together. And so um, – that that's what all in for me means. And it means a lot more to me because, um, because I've, I've, you know, we, we, we preached it at SMU. We preached, you know, I, I've, I'm a huge Dabo fan. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm big into what he's doing. And so, uh, seeing it and hearing him talk about it, it's, it's awesome. It's special. Um, and, and I can do better at it. And I think we can all be better at being all in and in Christ and in our lives and in our, you know, in our workplace and all that. So, uh, but there's a balance. There's, there's something you gotta, you gotta balance as a, as a person. No, I like that. Believe, buy in, and then all in, because really that's kind of a, a picture of what it's like um, in our Christian life as well. I mean, the first thing we gotta do is we gotta believe and then we're buying into it by believing. And then, you know, we got to be all in. So I, I think that's a beautiful picture of the Christian life as well, that then overflows into our family, our work or wh whatever we're doing. I think that's, I you, can like spread, that. you can spread it in any way. And that's, that's why I like, I and mean, that's, that's why I wanted to tell the people, the kids, the coaches, all of them, like, you know, every year you come up with a motto that fits your year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, why not just tell them, hey, this is this is my vision for what it, I want it to look like. It's going to take some time to get there, but this is how we get there. We're, we're going to believe in it. We're going to buy into it. We're going to say, you know what? This does work. We are seeing some results because we had the confidence, belief, and faith that our process brings results. And now we're all in. Now we're spreading it. So the mm -hmm. same thing like being, a, being a Christian. It's believing it. You buy into it, and now you spread it. That's right. You, you do the same thing as as any work. That's I, right. Uh, and so 
because I can't go somewhere. If I would have went to SMU and I didn't believe in, in what Coach Morrison and we're asking to do and I didn't buy into it, how am I going to help recruit kids that buy into the culture and that fit the culture and things like that? Because those are that's why culture to me is so important. And, you know, everybody throws the culture word around and, and, and I'm glad that they are throwing it around because, you know, if, if a kid leaves this program and all they left this program to do, all they learned how to do was to uh, be a better football player, then, you know, we failed them, we failed their parent, we failed mm-hmm. the school district, we failed society. We felt a whole lot of people because all they got out of us is to be a better football player. Well, that's, you know, or basketball, whatever the sport may be. So, you know, it's our job to, to, to spread it. It's our job to spread the culture and spread the, the core principles and things like that. That's good stuff. I appreciate it. Hey, I know we had some uh, challenges on finding a date to do this on both of our ends, but I'm, I'm glad we did. And I know it's, uh, it's God's timing. His timing is always perfect. So I, I know I've been encouraged, um, by watching you from afar since we met over the summer in Houston and now, you know, spending some time and I took a lot of notes. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. I'm sorry to play, uh, um, interview tag with you, but sorry, it's all good. Thank you again to Jared for taking time to, uh, share your story to to encourage. I know I've been encouraged by getting to know Jared. Um, met him this last summer at the Texas High School Coaches Association convention, and then we kept in touch. And finally, we were able to set up a time to for you to hear from him. And I, I just love his his passion for young people, his passion for for using sports to to build up young men and and young ladies. Um, just. You know his his vision um, in in his athletic department of accountability, energy, and work ethic, family, integrity, mental and physical toughness, confidence, belief, and faith, and how those tie to a day of the week throughout the year. And and I, I'm just sit, sitting here looking over the notes and have thought many times after reading that and hearing him describe it about how we could incorporate that into our daily lives. Um, even our walk with Christ, that we're to have, um, we need accountability. We, we're supposed to have a great work ethic. Our family is important. Integrity. We need to be physically and mentally tough and um, spiritually tough and um, so I, I just encourage you to to soak that in and allow that to penetrate your heart and, and, and in your life. And um, just how he really focuses on in his life, showing grace, humility, patience, and compassion. Those are the words we heard over and over in that conversation and how we need that more and more in our culture. We need to be people, followers of Christ, that show grace, show uh, compassion to others, to have patience, but most of all, have humility. So thank you again to Jared. I hope you were encouraged like I was, and I I would ask you to share this episode with somebody. I'd also ask you if you're a first-time listener and not a subscriber, that whatever podcast platform you're listening, that you would click the subscribe button. There's over a hundred episodes previously that I know will encourage you. And we have some exciting ones coming up. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your encouragement. You can also find out more about All In Sports Outreach at our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in All In Sports Outreach in the search bar. You'll take you to our social media pages. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to, to pray, to serve, and to give. But most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support.